Good morning, everyone. Um, my name is Jack Holby. I'm Associate Minister of Discipleship here at Trinity Christian Church, and um, you are accustomed to seeing Pastor Matt up here, but I have the privilege of closing out our sermon series this week on um, what, the, what does the Bible say about, and then we've been covering uh, many different topics as we've gone through this series. And some of them have been interesting and, and heavy. Some of them have been kind of enjoyable and fun. You know, the one that kind of sticks out in my mind is when Pastor Matt was discussing what does the Bible say about the Declaration of Independence on the 4th of July. That was a really fun one and a really interesting time to be doing that one. But, uh, you know, we've talked about final judgment. Um, I talked about rest earlier in the, the sermon series. And so it's kind of interesting because we are covering the topic of work this morning. So I am covering what does the Bible say about work today. And so, um, you know, if you want to go back and listen to that sermon, if you haven't heard it before, that's kind of where I talk a lot about, you know, my perspective on kind of how we view work um, in our culture today. And so I'm not going to get too heavily into that subject because, quite honestly, Scripture is very clear on what, um, what work is, how we ought to be doing it. And so we're just going to be talking about that this morning. And I, as I was studying for the sermon, I found um, what Scripture says to be about work very interesting. Um, because, you know, something that I didn't talk about in um, the sermon earlier in the summer on rest was this idea that, you know, we think of work in a very um, narrow context. Because, you know, whenever you're asking someone the question, you know, when do you go to work? Where do you work? Or we're talking about one specific thing. We're talking about their job, what they do for a living. When scripturally, actually, work is much more broad than that. It discusses a lot more different, many more different topics than what we give it credit for. And actually, I find it interesting because if you, if you go onto your search engine on your computer, I use Google most of the time. If you go to Google and you type in work definition, it'll bring up a definition that is much more broad than just saying, what is your job? What do you do for a living? And so actually, and you know, I, as I was practicing this sermon, I accidentally fumbled over my words and said, you know, um, the Bible agrees with Google. It's the other way around. Google agrees with the Bible. <laughs> so um, as I was practicing the sermon, I caught myself said, nope, Jack, you're, you're wrong in that one. Google agrees with the Bible. So um, one of the things that I wanted to kind of just lay as a foundation here is, is this point right here. Any successful culture or society has people who work. And I feel like this is just common, a common thread throughout all of history, whether that be in, in Scripture, carried forward, right? And different, different cultures, different societies have different ways in which they accomplish having their people work. Right? Some societies are very oppressive in how they do that. I think of communism. Right? They're very oppressive in how they get their people to actually do work, do jobs. Right? Um, here in the States, our way of you know, having people do jobs is you know, we say there's opportunities for you and you can do what, you, what, what excites you. And you know, people have different things that excite them. Um, you know, I love kind of this, uh, this, this dynamic of preaching and things like that. And so I'm able to take this opportunity of you know, this is what I want to do for a living. And for a job, um, some people are excited about being an electrician, and that's awesome, and we need electricians. And so 
But it, it, the fact of the matter is that any successful culture or society has people who work. And because of that, uh, you know, I think that um, you know, with God's people, right, they, they were a people group. They were a society. They were a nation. And as God kind of develops the, his people group, his nation, into you know, an actual nation, um, he, he does this. So God established work in the garden. God established work in the garden because if he's going to raise up a people group, if he's going to raise up a nation of people, and if he wants them to be any, anywhere close to being successful, then people need to work. People need to do jobs. And so God established work in the garden. We see that in Genesis 2.15, which says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it, right? And his job was to watch over and, and protect and take care of um, the creation that God had entrusted him with, right? And so God establishes work in the garden, right? Work, um, in the general sense, has existed for forever, in a sense, right? God established work in the garden with Adam, says, you are to be doing this job. You are to be doing this job. And with that, God kind of provides some, some context to, to work and how it's supposed to look. Right? And so we know that God, you know, he works for six days, he rests on the seventh, and so God um, establishes working days and a non-working day for his people. And we see that here in Exodus 20, which says, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But, on, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. And so, just with this point, what I'm using it for is to establish that, you know, God, um, God wanted to establish work in his people, but he also cared about how they worked. He cared about what they were doing, when they were doing it, right? God established work, and then God established how his people would work. And, you know, this is all well and good, right? And, um, but looking at, at Scripture sometimes, we can get caught up in the idea of, you know, we have our own context today. And obviously our context today looks vastly different in the area of work than it did um, with God's people, right? There are so many more jobs that we can do in our culture today. And I just think of it in, in the tech world, right? You know, if you look at computers specifically, right, there are so many jobs tied up in computers that you could do. You could be some sort of, you know, rocket scientist. You need to know how to use computers in great detail. You could be a computer repairman, you know, and repair people's computers. You can sell computers. You can actually work in the organizations that actually build the computers, right? And then you have all these different nooks and crannies that people can work in in terms of these just computers. And that's just one area of technology, right? Because then you get into, you know, cars, and then you get into TVs, and then, like, TV production, and actually doing TV shows or, or sports or whatever it might be. And then you have all these different jobs that people could do in this culture. And it looks very different than the culture that God established work in, right? Because in a lot of senses, the, the work that they would do would be for them to survive, right? If they're, they're, they'd raise up their own um, livestock. They'd plant their own crops and grow their own crops, right? And they'd, they'd do a lot of these things so that their families can survive. They'd 
kind of build their own homes, right? They didn't have people that were just their job was to go around and build different people's houses or to build, you know, entire neighborhoods for people to purchase a house in, right? And so our culture looks very, very different today. And it seems as though sometimes we think that our, our culture of work, you know, is, needs a different perspective on how we work sometimes. And so we kind of come to the question, what does Scripture have to say about work today? And I would argue it has a lot to say about work today. This maybe not in the, in the context that, we're, that we, we think typically. And so kind of where I want to go with this, I want to, I want to just discuss what the Bible, I mean, the, the sermon series, Jack, what the Bible says about, about work, right? But it says a few different things about it. There's kind of a few different contexts that we have about work um, in Scripture. And we kind of get it from the, the Greek word and how it's used in different, um, in different contexts. And I'm probably going to butcher how you pronounce it. I'm just going to go with ergon because it's actually where we get the word ergonomics, which is the study of how we work. Um, you know, if you look up ergonomics, it's going to discuss posture and how that affects how you work and just different things. How much sleep you get, right? Ergonomics, the study of how you work. But this Greek word ergon is used in several different ways to describe the idea of work, and it's actually translated into a few different words, as we'll see moving on, right? And so let's, let's get into it. This first point here of what the Bible says, work can be simply doing or being assigned tasks, and yes, that is much like having a job. Work can be doing or being assigned tasks like having a job. And I think we see that here in Mark 13. So Mark 13, 34 says this. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with their assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Now this is kind of Jesus talking about when he moves on and he's going to entrust his disciples with the church and things of that nature. However, what we get from this is that assigned task idea right there is this Greek word ergon. Right? And so we have this idea that, you know, work is very clearly either, you know, doing tasks, simply doing tasks, or being assigned them. And as we know, when you work in a job, you are assigned tasks. That is the whole idea of a job, right? People, you have bosses, you have people who say, I need you to do this at this time. Um, you have this deadline of when you need to do this. Here's your task, please do it. And so we see very clearly that, yes, a part of work is having a job. A part of that broad term work is having a job. And that feels comfortable for me. Alright, we're, we're good with that one, right? We have established that having a job is a part of work. But now let's get into the two different kind of ideas that, um, that work also encapsulates. This one here. Work can be the action of building something up, whether that be physical or not. Work can be the action of building something up, whether that be physical or not. And we are going to turn to 1 Corinthians for this, which says, Their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss but yet will be saved even though only as one escaping through the flames. Now that's a really, you know, there's a lot of 
really scary language in that verse. Uh, what it's actually talking about is this idea of building up the church spiritually in Corinth and, you know, that work being tested. But for our context today in our sermon, we don't have to get into that whole burning and, and all that stuff, right? We just get to get into the fact of work. You know, you saw that word work twice there. That is the Greek word ergon. Work is described as building something up. And in this context, it is a very spiritual sense of building something up. But there's also the sense of physically, you know, building things up as well. And I just, you know, with the context of the church, I think of it as, you know, there's a very spiritual sense in which we build up the church. Right? When we are a part of different groups, we're sitting here together, we are, attempt, we are participating in building up the church together. Right? But there's also the very physical sense where, you know, we can, you know, the Deacon's Workday, I think, of on Saturday the 11th, right? Where we will be um, participating and actually building up the church um, physically. And that's not necessarily a job, right? Because it's not like a task is assigned to us that, you know, because I, I can't look at you as volunteers and say, hey, this is your task. Go do it, right? I don't have any right to say that to you. But when you volunteer, you are participating in building up the church physically in that sense. And so that's just how I kind of think of it in that context. Um, and so we have these, these two first ideas of what work is in terms of, you know, biblically speaking. And then the third one here. Work can be something that is accomplished. Now that, that's a very broad term. That's a very broad sentence there, right? Work, yeah, obviously it can be something that is accomplished. But when we read First John 3, talking about love, it says this. Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Now, the word actions is the Greek word ergon. Work, right? And it's not translated as work. In different translations of the Bible, it actually says, but with good deeds and in truth. We are able to, in a sense, accomplish things in loving people. Right? We, we love people by accomplishing things maybe for them, Right? And, you know, I think of, I'm really, really bad at this. Ask any of my friends, specifically my best friend. <laughs> I'm really bad at writing letters, even though people always want me to write letters, right? But I'd say that's, that's a form of, of, of work in a sense. Now, when we say that, our minds automatically go to, like, at least my mind goes, like, oh, that's work. Oh, no, that's like, I don't like to work, right? I like to enjoy life, and work seems like a place where you don't really enjoy life. You just get there and you do things, and you know you have to just get through it, right? Work just seems like it has a negative context in, in many of our minds, I feel like. But that's not the case at all, because when we realize work is a much broader context than just like a job, right? Then we realize work can be a really positive thing. And work can be so many things that we enjoy, right? Now, this best friend I'm talking about, she really likes writing letters, and that's one of the ways that she really expresses, expresses love, right? But I, I don't, I'm not really good at that. And so that is kind of something that I have to work at and to grow at, right? But this still is showing love through good deeds. Showing love through actions can be work. Now, with all these broad contexts of the word work, right, it seems like it can, it can describe basically anything you can do. And I'd say it does. Work can describe basically anything that we can do. Now, I'm probably still going to carry on in life using the word work to describe a job, even though, you know, it's much broader than that. It can describe so much more than just that, 
But the truth of the matter is that work describes so much of what we can do. And the reason why I wanted to hold on to that idea so tightly is because if I got up here and said, here's what the Bible says about work in the context of a job, that wouldn't apply to a majority of our congregation. Right? You'd be able to tune me out and say, this is just about a job and that doesn't apply to me anymore. I'm past the point in life where I do a job. I've earned the right to not do a job, right? So I'm now retired. And I didn't want that ser- this sermon to, to be that for people, right? This still applies to each and every person in here because guess what? Each and every person in here can still do work. Each and every person in here can still work. And when we work, remember how I talked about how we work matters to God? Here's why. It's because we work for the Lord, no one else. We work for the Lord and no one else. Now sometimes this is really hard for us to wrap our brains around because we all have bosses and you know they ask us to do things and we like to think that we work for them, right? My boss is Matt and there's a lot of, I mean, you know, if he asked me to do something, I should do it, right? Because he's my boss and if I say, no, Matt, I don't want to do that, he could fire me, right? That's, that's how life goes. That's how that, that works. But in terms of, and I want to say this very carefully, in terms of attitude, 100% of the time, I need to remember that I work for the Lord. Because in terms of, you know, if I, it sometimes, I'm, I'm really bad at this sometimes, you know, Mondays are when I'm the worst at this. I cannot stand Mondays. I'm so glad tomorrow's Labor Day. Because, yeah, anyway. Um, Monday mornings are when I'm at my worst in terms of attitude of, like, you know, doing a job. Um, it's because I'm just tired, and it's, I, you know, I'm like, I'd rather be at home, like, sleeping right now as opposed to being at work, right? But if I, so if I come to work on a Monday morning, and my attitude is I work for Matt, right? That's when I get more snippy. That's when I get more... In a sense, you know, I'm like, I'd, I'd rather be at home, right? I'd rather be sleeping or whatever it might be. Because in my mind, as far as it goes, is I, I work for, for Matt and I'm doing this job, right? And I'm, again, I'm trying to be careful in how I word this because I'm not trying to say that I, I hate my job or I hate my boss. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying, in general, if that's my attitude, if, you know, that's as far as it goes, I can have a really bad attitude about life. But if I remember 100% of the time when I come into work that I'm working for God and not, you know, Matt or whomever else. I'm working for God and this, and what I do and how I do it matters in terms of the kingdom, my attitude is going to be 100% better than it would be if I didn't have that in mind. And so this brings me to these few scriptures that I think support this, this uh, idea here. Colossians 3. It says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. And then because I love, you know, the, the simplicity of Proverbs, Proverbs says, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. And then 1 Corinthians 10 says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God.
So, I mean, in talking about work, obviously these three verses apply to it. But also in talking about pretty much anything in life, these three verses apply to life. Whatever we're doing, no matter where we're at in life, no matter who we're with, we're doing whatever we're doing for the Lord. And that's whether you are working a job right now, right? You're 10 years in, you're working a job, and you're working towards retirement. Whether you are retired right now, right? Whether you um, are in high school or middle school or grade school, right? We all, no matter what we're doing, are working for the Lord. And when I say working, I'm using that broad context of anything that we can do for God. Whether that be a job, whether that be um, you know, building something up, whether that be accomplishing things, doing good deeds for people, whatever we do, whatever we do, we are working for God. And now maybe most of the time you're really good at doing that and keeping that in your mind, but I definitely need those reminders sometimes. Monday mornings, chief of all those, right? I need that reminder that no matter what I'm doing, when I come into my job, it's for God. I'm serving God in this. I'm not serving myself. I'm not necessarily serving Matt. I'm not necessarily serving the church. I mean, I am serving the church, but you know what I mean when I'm saying this. Chief of all of that, I'm loving and serving God. Now, second would be loving and serving you. And those are the two priorities. And that's been on my mind for a few weeks now. And that's just been like circling through my mind, right? First and foremost, we love and serve God. Secondly, we love and serve others. But we need to remember that we love and serve God first. We work for God first. Now, I had this this little fun story that I wanted to go into because I, I feel like it helped me really grasp this idea. So I'm going to tell you about two different, two different fellows, okay? And they're starting the same job. They're, they're going to start a plumbing job. This plumbing company needed two guys, and so they hired these two guys, right? So over here, you got Johnny, and over here you got Bob, okay? Johnny and Bob. Now, keep in mind, these are just two extremes. These are, I, I'm not basing these on anybody, so... I'm not basing these on any of you. If any of my family members are watching at home, I'm not basing any of this on them, okay? You got Johnny and you got Bob, both starting the same job, okay, at this plumbing company. Let's go to Johnny first. Key thing you need to know about both of them, they both go to church, they both say they're Christ followers, okay? So Johnny gets to his job. First day he's excited, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's fun to start a new job every once in a while. For other people, it's really, you know, anxiety-ridden. But Johnny is excited to start his new job, okay? We're going to fast forward about three months in for both of them. So Johnny's three months in, okay? He's been working at this job. You know, sometimes he, he sometimes he's excited to go to work. He goes to work and he has fun or whatever it might be, right? But most of the time, Johnny, he's like, I don't want to be at work. I want to be at home or I want to be doing this or I want to be on vacation, right? I don't, I don't like where I'm at sometimes. He complains about his boss. You know, he complains about the work that he's been doing. Um, you know, he, when he's telling stories, he uses colorful language. Um, you know, he, he just acts that way. He tells inappropriate jokes, right? And his co-worker, one of his other co-workers, not Bob, but one of his other co-workers, finds out Johnny goes to church. And his co-worker comes up to him and says, Johnny, you know what? I mean, you're not like what I see in the media in terms of Christians. You're not like what I see on social media in terms of Christians. 
But I'm, I'm surprised to find out that you, that you go to church. I'm surprised to know that you say you go to church. And Johnny says, well, yeah, I do. But because of how Johnny's been acting for the past three months and hating his job, hating his boss, you know, not, not using um, appropriate language, not telling good jokes, right? This coworker is like, man, Johnny, I wouldn't have expected you to be a Christ follower to go to church. Now let's go over to Bob real quick. Now Bob, just like Johnny, is excited to work his new job. Okay, Fast forward three months in. Now Bob, just like all of us, has his bad days, his days where you know he has a terrible night's sleep and he's not excited to go into work. And maybe he gets to work and he's not necessarily you know just like, hey, woo, I'm at work, right? But he goes into work and he says, you know, even on his bad days, he checks in with his coworkers. Says, how, "How are you doing? I remember your son had a football game last Friday. How, how was his football game? You know, um, how's how's the family?" He checks in with his coworkers. Right? He doesn't complain about his boss. Maybe sometimes he says, "You know, I would have done this differently, but it's okay." You know, and um, he he doesn't use the colorful language that Johnny uses. He tells jokes that are you know clever and witty and not inappropriate, right? But he shows a care and love for his coworkers. And now that same co-worker that found out Johnny goes to church also finds out Bob goes to church. And that co-worker says this, Bob, I'm not surprised to find out that you go to church. That makes sense. You care about me, you love me, you ask me how I'm doing, you, you ask me about my family, right? You check in with us, see how we're doing, all that different stuff, right? I know you're not always excited to be at work, but for the most part, you have a good attitude, even though we all know that, you know, our boss could, could change some things in how he treats us, like you still don't talk bad about him, right? He's not surprised to find out Bob goes to church. And in that context, that helps me realize when we go to our job, when we, you know, do no matter what we're doing, right, whether we're participating in building up the church spiritually by attending small groups or whatever it might be, when we have the attitude of, I am working for God. And guess what? How we work for God reflects Him in the world. When we have that attitude and that mindset, people, one, won't be surprised that you go to church, and two, will have questions. They will say, Bob's different. Why is he different? I'm curious about why he's different. Bob, could I go to church with you? Or maybe he just asked Bob, why, why are you different? What's different about you? Bob says, well, I'm a Christ follower and I go to church and that impacts how I live every single day of my life. That co-worker is now curious about the Lord. Because right? our witness is affected by how we work for God. Our witness is affected by how we work for God. That was a fun little goofy story, I feel like, to kind of, you know, bring to light that idea. Um, but that's true no matter what we're doing, right? Because you can also say, you know, the person who is retired, you know, and honestly, they're, they hate being retired because they wish they could do what they used to do, right? They're at a point in life where it's like, you know, I can't physically do the things I used to be able to do. And our attitude towards that can either 
poorly affect or really positive, positively affect our witness for Jesus. Now, a few conclusion, concluding uh, statements that I wanted to come to um, with this sermon. First and foremost is that work is more than a job. Work is more than a job, right? And I, again, I want to make sure that you heard that because we can all work for God. No matter where we're at in life, no matter what stage of life we are in, we can all work for God. We can all be doing work for God. Secondly, how we work in life matters to God. How we work in life matters to God. And I say that because our witness, again, is greatly affected by how we work for God in our daily lives. Right? People aren't going to wonder about Johnny and his faith because he's just like the rest of them. Right? He, he complains every day about their boss. He hates going into work all the time. Right? He, you know, he just, ah, man. People aren't going to wonder about Johnny's faith because he's not much different than the world is. But people are going to wonder about Bob. Say, Bob, why are you different? I want what you've got. How can I get it? And Bob says, come to church with me. And that, again, applies to each and every one of us. We can all act like Bob in our daily lives, whether we're, we're retired, working a job, a, a child in, in elementary, grade school, middle school, high school, right? We can all work for God each and every day, and your classmates, your, your fellow you know, retired folks in, in the retirement community, they can all see you and say, why, why are you different? Why do you seem to have, you know, even though I know you have your bad days, why do you seem to have a good attitude about life every single day? And then you can answer them, it's because Jesus Christ has affected my life for the better. He's saved me, and I just live like I'm working for Him every single day of my life. Then they're interested. Then they are interested. And so, this is kind of the final concluding point. We can do work every day that impacts the kingdom for the better. And we just can, right? And I thought, when I was, you know, writing that point, I was like, well, what if we're just, you know, the sickest we could ever be, right? Well, as long as you can pray, as long as you can, you know, re- reflect on on your life or reflect on Scripture, you can do work for God that impacts the kingdom for the better. And that just leads me to say there are so many more things that you can do to work for God and impact the kingdom for the better. And because of that, I can't really get into all the examples of doing that, right? But if you're working in a job, that's one thing that you can do, right? You can write a letter, and I'm probably entrapping myself in writing a letter to my friends that say I'm terrible at writing letters, right? You can take someone out to lunch. You can um, give them a phone call. You can honestly just pray for them. Pray for someone else. Pray for the kingdom. You can do all of these things, and I would consider them work that impacts the kingdom for the better. We can all be doing that together. And guess what? As we do those things, we are all working together to build up the church spiritually. 
to build up the kingdom of God. We are all doing work together. And I love that idea. And so that leads me to this final question on your bullets, your sermon notes there. And you might have already filled in the blanks. But how can I work for the glory of God this week? How can I work for the glory of God this week? Maybe you already know. Maybe you can write in underneath that, here's what I'm going to do. Maybe you can, you can reflect on that question as you go about your week, right? But how can I work for the glory of God this week? How can I work for God this week? And I'm going to be thinking about the same question, right? And maybe it'll be Tuesday morning when I get to the, you know, this is when I need to answer the question because Tuesday is now my Monday. Woohoo! So... <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, we can all be doing work for God. We can all be doing that together. And I, I love that image of being able to do this as a team, um, you know, because honestly, in terms of my view and the, the context that I've had for work and how to do it, it's come from, you know, sports, which is a huge, you know, gotta love those sports. And, you know, football is a big one where they say, you know, we're going to take your, your kid and we're going to train them and they're going to know how to work on a team together with people, Right. And so guess what? We're on the same team, and we're going to be working together to build up the church and to um, impact this community for the better and impact the kingdom for the better as well. And so with that, I want to take you to a few next steps um, that you can be doing um, to, honestly, to be working and to be doing work for God. And first and foremost, you know, if this sounds like a team that you want to be on, if you want to be, on, on, if you want to be my teammate, my family member, you know, you can give your life to Jesus. If that's the decision you'd like to make today, I'd invite you to come forward as we sing our final song. The next one, sign up for a Connect class, which there's one happening today, isn't there, Matt? Yeah, there's one happening today, so if you'd like to come and show up for that, there's one happening in the fellowship hall that will be happening, um, and you can join in on that. That's just where Pastor Matt will lead you through kind of the history of our church and, and where we've been at, what we're doing now. Um, some of the things that we believe, you can ask questions about our church. So we invite you to that. This next one um, is going to be a little bit longer than it typically is because you can join a small group and I'd add in there or a class. Okay, And now is my time to advertise for our classes. So join a small group. Yes, do that. Those are wonderful groups where we do life together and we go over the sermon questions and things of that nature. And it's going to be really, as Pastor Matt already pointed out, Really exciting how we do those groups as we get into our new sermon series. But also we have our uh, fall classes starting up, two of them next Sunday, okay? And so the one starting up next Sunday are Debbie Lloyd's class, um, which she is going to be talking about, you know, just emotions through art. And she made a point, and I, I completely forgot this last week, you don't have to know how to, you know, like you're not going to have to create any art as a part of this class. And so if that was something that you're like, uh -huh, I'm going to stay away because I'm not artistic, guess what? You can go now because you're not going to be having to create art. You're going to just be observing art, and you're going to be exploring emotions as you explore that art. And so um, I'd really encourage you. That sounds like a really exciting class. If I wasn't teaching one, I'd be in that class. But um, I am teaching a class, and so if you'd like to join me in discussing the books of Galatians and James, we will be starting up next week, and I'm very excited for that class. Um, I'm going to take you through the introduction to Galatians, and then Pastor Matt is going to take you through uh, Galatians 1, because I will be out of town on the 19th. Um, 
And so I greatly encourage you. That's going to be a really fun class and how we go about that. And the final one is starting up on October 3rd. Elder Dave Moore is going to be leading you through um, a lot of, you know, first steps in the faith, right? He's going to kind of take you through the history of the church and some different beliefs of the church and just so many different subjects. And this is really, I mean, I feel like anyone can get something out of this class because there are so many topics that are going to be covered, um, whether that be, you know, pursuing spiritual maturity or just finding out more about church history different things of that nature. I greatly encourage you to do that. My time is up for that one. Um, the next one, join a service team on your service panel. Check those out. Contact the church office if you are like, hey, I went through the service panel, didn't find anything that in- intrigued me, um, but is there anything else I can serve in? We'd love to get you connected to serving here at the church. And then want to remind you of Pastor Rachel's prayer walks that she's doing. If you want to participate in those things, there are booklets in the foyer that you can pick up. I highly encourage you to be doing that and just shower the schools and all the staff and students and parents in prayer. It's never a bad thing. And guess what? It's a really good way to be working for God. That's a power. You know? There it is. It applies to the sermon. Cool. So, um, let me pray for us as uh, Matt and Casey come up to lead us in our final song. Father, we just thank you so much for who you are and how you love us. Um, we thank you for your scripture and how we just get to dig into it and observe what it has to say to us. And we just thank you so much um, for for your words that have spoken to us today. And we just pray that um, something, somewhere in the sermon, would, would um, you know just impact us and that we take that home, Father. We love you and we praise you. In your name we pray. Amen.